Yvonne Weldon is a self-described night owl, often staying awake long after the rest of the house has gone to sleep. On one of these late nights, she decided to start using that time to write. At first, the goal was to just write 500 words at a time, but eventually Yvonne realised she had a manuscript. Last month, her debut novel, 67 Days, was released. I've known Avon my entire life, and although we're not actually related, she sits somewhere between an aunt and a cousin for me, on an emotional level. So I was really excited to discuss the novel with her, and how she blended real family histories with fiction. I've always loved life, looking after my elders, caring for the babies, for every one of my cousins. They give me so much joy, no matter what their age. Tormenting and teasing them as they grow is my way of showing my personality through the laughter. Even if I am annoying, they know they matter. The gift of time of happiness is just that, life's gift. The babies and the toddlers get smothered in kisses, in cuddles and in cheeky cheek pinching so they know I love them all over and with a heart full of life because it's full of love. This is what I know. This is what I have. Life given to me. It's all around me. It was in me before he, in the twilight of the horizon of the dreaming, of the dream time, to enter the particles of the atmosphere, of the earth to be immersed to the depths of the traditions, of the practices, of culture, of giving, of sharing, as I have, as we have, always been. I'm Yvonne Weldon, a Radri woman that has grown up uh, here on Gadigal country. Um, I am from the waters of the Clare, which later became known as the Lachlan, and of the Murrumbidgee Rivers. Um, I am a woman um, and an older sister with two younger sisters, um, a mum and a grandmother. Um, But more importantly, I think the biggest part of me is that I will always be my parents' daughter um, and um, will always try and make a difference for them and so many of my elders that I've been fortunate to have in my life. And now, Yvonne, you get to add author to your list. (laughs) Um, You are the the author of 67 Days, which is your debut novel. Um, It's a love story. It is set very firmly in Redfern in the 1990s. It's a place that has been really important for black politics and black activism, Mm. but also over the last 30 years has had a really dramatic change. Mm. What was it like to revisit, even in that sort of literary sense, to revisit that place? It's it's amazing, actually, that I, it's it's such a long time ago. But when I wrote this, I knew I wanted it sort of represented in the 90s, because I think when you think about the movements that took place late 60s, early 70s, and then you sort of saw a great resistance from so many others and also resistance within um, Aboriginal community as well throughout the 80s. And so when we were hitting, you know, the 90s where it was sort of almost a settling, if you like, uh, where you had the Keating speech 
in 92, you know, almost 30 years later, here we are. And yet what's important about that time frame is that, you know, we've come so far, but we've got a long way to go too. And your lead character, Evie, mm. is someone who, as firmly placed as she is in that urban setting, she's also someone who is deeply connected to her Wiradjuri culture, her dreaming, her ancestors. And it feels, I guess it felt really affirming to have it be so present that even when you live in an urban place. Mm. What I have known and the reason why I've captured Evie the way that I have is that, you know, it's been really difficult to even explain what identity and cultural connectedness and and that safety and, and unsafe situations as well, what that looks like. It's one thing to live it, it's another thing to try and explain it. You know, the that belief system and, and the people believing in you know, whether it be me or these characters or anyone in community, I think that's a, don't get me wrong, like it's not all rosy and we're not all skipping hand in hand, that's for sure, but in, in, in our community and in mobs. And I think parts of this is that there needs to be uh, this celebration as well of the things that do exist within family groupings and and continue to. And I think sometimes the the lens of what people look through is, is um, very harsh and I, you know, even the struggle and the movement in this country, and I'm not saying that we've got all the issues addressed, in fact we've got very few issues addressed, but if we can do it with more kindness and and love and connectedness, um, we can achieve so much more. But for all of this, it is also, it's a love story. It is. A tragic love story is Mm -hmm. is the term you've used a couple of times. (laughs) Yes. Isn't isn't all love tragic in, in so many different ways? But <laughs> Particularly first love. Yes. I mean what drew you to romance? I don't know. Like it's 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 the issues I wanted to cover and the people I wanted to capture as well. I think whether it's about love of self or being loved by someone else or loving someone else too, I think that, you know, if you have love in your life you can overcome and when you have love that's not in your life, you can overcome things too, you know. And I think that putting it through, you know, a romance sort of lens is that I think some of the issues that I capture is less confronting but is certainly embraced and felt in a very different way. But I think the the purity of love and how it should be and whether that be for yourself or by others, you know, by, by people around you, that's an important part of everyone's life and and if it isn't um hopefully we can get there I don't don't know if you know this about me but I'm a huge fan of romance novels oh no I didn't know that (laughs) there you go um and so I've been kind of really interested in what Aboriginal romance novels could or can look like I mean I didn't even understand about genre really in in terms of fiction and and I mean I didn't understand any of it because I've I've not studied it I've it, it's not you know my experience other than being a reader but when I wrote this book and there was that one point they were sort of saying it's a young adults book and I thought oh what like I thought this is a romance one you know and and I think the beauty of um you know writing this and and capturing the story that you know first love and um can 
you know, expand your heart in such a way and break it in such a way too. And I think that because I'm I'm not in this space and I've just done something, whoever writes the stories through a lens of love, um, and if that's from an Aboriginal person or a First Nations person, it's going to be very different and and I hope that this is. Yeah. I think um I think there's something really freeing about going into going into a writing project, not trying to write to a particular genre, not not mm. trying to get a sort of a formula. Yeah. Fictional writing, and I did not know until I got shortlisted and I had a chat to, you know, for the Queensland Lyric Awards and I, I was ch- having a yarn with different people that were also shortlisted and, you know, and I said I had a chat this this follower and, and I said, oh, like, you know, what sort of category? I said, oh, I just write poetry. And I said, oh, do you didn't write fiction? He goes, oh, hell no, you know. And I go, well, why? And he said, oh, it's so structured and it's, you know, it's limiting and, you know, you there are rules around it. And I went, oh, really? I had no idea. Like I just wrote something and and so literally I did. And, and these are the things that are not necessarily known by a reader or by a writer if unless you're sort of studied in in that sort of space or you're you know you're around that area and I'm sort of relieved I didn't know that because I think those those rules or the, that structure you know can create other limitations particularly in a creative space and I probably if I known it was that way I probably wouldn't have ever <laughs> finished it. I think they also, from a cultural perspective, create limitations because I think a lot of Western literature and in particular Australian genre fiction is following these rules based on based on a European literary canon. Yeah. So that's they're the people that have set the rules Mm. and set the kind of the structure. Our stories don't necessarily fit those structures. Yeah, and I was I was relieved. I must say, I before I submitted it to the Unipen, there was a lady I I paid to sort of get some editorial feedback and and sort of help, you know, because I just was <laughs> frantically writing something and finished it and then didn't really know what to do with it, and so I sort of paid this lady for some. Um, page, you know, support for every single page to sort of, and she gave me some feedback, which I just completely rejected. And she said, you know, there's certain chapters that you shouldn't, shouldn't have them in there because it doesn't add to the story. It takes away from, you know, the, the original story. And I, and I went, "Mm, no, that's, that's the whole part of this story is that there are key parts that I have grown up knowing in terms of culture and I'm not going to pass that over because you felt you know, feel the need to. And and I'm glad I, you know, was pretty honourable to it, but I also am very relieved, you know, being signed by a penguin. I was not that I, I mean, uh, my publisher loved it. And so I, I was very paranoid because the way my book is structured is not, you know, it's very unorthodox to what's sort of normal for mainstream. Um, but I think that's because our stories are different, they are diverse and they need to go on its own song lines or storylines the way that they should. Yeah. We've talked a lot about structure, but let's talk about the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Avon, do you wanna do you wanna explain what 67 Days is about? I think there's so many aspects of it that can be taken from the reader's viewpoint in their own way too. And so you know, for me, it's a it, it is a, a tragic love story, or it's it's it shows you the complexities 
and also the sincerity and innocence of love. But the way that this book travels or these these characters travel is definitely starts uh, in the heart of Redfern, but they also go along the tribal tracks of the main character and um, and there's a beauty in growth with these two young lovers. And I think there's, you know, life's lessons of so many lessons um, and experiences of my people uh, captured in it that uh, people don't truly understand. So I think it's, you know, it, it, it is a romance novel, but there's also, you know, a cultural element to it. There's a range of other issues that are probably not necessarily dealt with in, um, in the right way, sometimes within uh, Aboriginal communities as well. So I think there's some taboos uh, in this book that may be seen as controversial but um, but necessary. And But there are also beautiful elders of mine that I've captured and, you know, got family permission and with respect because, um, you know, they made a massive difference for uh, the movement uh, in Redfern and in this country and a uh, massive impact for me, um, but for all of us as well. And they mattered then and they matter now. I'm glad that you brought up that there are real people who influenced and inspired characters. Because yeah. this is this is a fictional story mm. and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to imply that it is no. autobiographical. No. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> but not. <there's, laughs> <laughs> um, but there are... Yeah, there are real people that are part of this story. When you're writing about real people in a fictionalised way, how did you kind of, how did you navigate that tension between truth-telling and and, and imagination? This this book and it's, you know, the end result of it is probably very different from the first, actually it is extremely different from the first draft, but... When I wrote parts of this book, you know, parts of 67 Days definitely have characters in it that I wanted to capture and I wanted respect to be given to them. And so if this, if that was never to be published out there in the ether, then parts of that was going to be used within family or from my kids and my grandkids to to know some of these people, what they stood for, who they are and they will continue to live on. So that storytelling of some of my elders that I so dearly miss have continued to exist um, in this book and I hope in the, you know, in the hearts and lives of others as well to understand that that they did make such a big difference and, and they do need to be recognised and I, and I have recognised them um, in a way that that I think is honourable and respectful and I will continue to do that throughout my storytelling um, in, in future books as well. Like they may, you know, be a one or two liner of, of an elder or, you know, of a, a family member that I no longer have that will be captured in a particular way and there's grandmothers in this book that I haven't had my grandmothers for, you know, for such a long time and it, and that's the part that makes me cry, like it makes me sob because I miss them so dearly but but in my own way I've captured um, their traits and their characters uh, in this book that I if when I do miss them I can, you know, I can read it or my kids can read it and go, oh, you know, that's you know, uh, this Nin or that Nin. And, and so that was the part for me, I think, um, is something that will, I'll be forever grateful for the ability to be able to 
you know, have something published that that it is there in black and white, um, you know, not just now but for the future. Reading this book, there are moments where I I just had this, I think particularly, particularly Evie's relationship with her nin, like mm-hmm. even though that's not a woman that I knew. Yeah. Um, but I... I recognised your mother yes. in that yes. <laughs> and I recognised you yeah. and I just had this like, yeah, it caught me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's probably parts of that with your own grandmother and your own mum and I think, you know, what it's not unique in that love and that belief, you know, and I think that's a part that does break my heart is that and that but also at the same time, it's heartbreaking, but I hope it to be inspiring for others that I've, we've had this nurturing in our lives, you know. But I think that's the part that's so beautiful in in the ability to write story or to capture um, some of that lived experience is that there are people that we either want to be or people that we no longer have that did make a difference and continue to, you know, there are moments in my life still today at 51 where I sort of, you know, look, you know, look over my shoulder and just sort of, you know, think about someone's cooking or, you know, have I captured the best of of this person in this way? And, and that's what I just want to do is be able to honour them because they need that, they deserve that and um, we need more of it. Dabu Wiradjuri author Yvonne Weldon. Her book, 67 Days, is published by Penguin Random House and is available now. You're on RN Away with me, Rudy Bremer. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.